Hey, thanks so much for tuning in and watching this today or listening. And we want to just thank you for all that you're doing and partnering with us at Life Church. Life Church is at the moment one church in three locations Bradford, Belfast, and Leeds, but soon to be in Warsaw, Poland as well. Some very exciting things going on. And in this particular message, what you're going to hear is Charlotte Gamble, my wife, talking about answer the door. It's a fantastic message. I know you're going to enjoy it, so let's get it started. All right. Today, I've been praying, and I believe that today, some of you are going to get an answer. You're going to understand that there's an answer. Today, I'm setting the level now of expectation in the room. Today, some of you are going to have a light bulb come on about a situation you've been in the dark about for way too long. Today, some of you are going to get a breakthrough in the situation where you feel there is no way out and yet there is a way out. I believe that today things are going to happen in this next 30 minutes and I need you to believe the same too. I need you to come off autopilot. I need you to not be sat casual. I need you not to be laid back. I need you not to be like going into a coma. I need you not to be thinking about your stomach and you're hungry and you want your lunch. We'll get there. You'll get out in time. But you know what? In this next 30 minutes, it is all that we decide it's going to be. It's as effective as you decide. I can do my part, but you must do your part. This is a two-way street. This is a, this is a, a pouring out and it's a receiving in. And so there's two people in this room that I've got to work on this, you and me, we've both got to work on our receiving of the word this morning and understanding the power of the word of God. This word that's delivered into your life changes things. It changes the way you think, changes the way you believe, changes the way you expect. So before we do anything this morning, we're going to pray. We need to stay on your feet as we pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that we're here today, that we are here. We're not in a sick bed somewhere. We are not We're not in a hospital. We're not in a place where we couldn't get here, but we are here. And if we're here, we might as well be all here, God, under your word, listening because we want our lives to be better. We want to do better for our children, for our grandchildren. We want to excel so that the people around us can excel. We want to lead and not be the, not be the tail, but be the head in life. We want to, we want to lift our life up to another level with you. We want to love more. We want more peace. We want more joy. We want to know more of you. God, we are hungry this morning to not just sit in here passive, but to have 30 minutes where we change from the inside out where things in our life change. And I pray today we would listen with those ears. And Lord, I pray that answers would come today to people that desperately need them. I pray that we would awaken our understanding of what you have already done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, amen doesn't mean sit down, so stay on your feet. Just testing. Okay, you're allowed to sit down if you think that God does not care. You're allowed to sit down if you believe that God does not answer prayer. You're allowed to sit down if you believe that God is a bad father. You're allowed to sit down if you believe that God does not want good things for you. Awesome. Then all of your standing right now says to me that you already believe God is good, 
God's going to do good things for you. God is answering prayers that you're praying. And God is on his way to do something in your life. So you already have agreed by staying on your feet that things are coming towards your life and that God is on your side. And so with that faith ready and present and that acknowledgement of those things in our heart, you can now sit down and say amen on the way to your seat. All right. Before you sit down, it's important to know what you believe and it's important for you to identify that because I don't want to have to work hard on the things that you've already said you believe. I don't want to convince you of things that we say we believe. If you believe it, then that means you believe it. If you believe God's good, then I'm not up here to convince you that he is. You should know he's good. He's a good God. He wants good things for you. Devil, bad, God, good. It's pretty simple. And you know he wants good things for you. I read in my Bible in Luke 11, there's a scripture that says, and Matt referred to it when he was singing this morning in the worship when he was just letting God lead him God was already getting you ready as Matt began to sing in the spirit over you that God says to you ask and you'll receive God says to you seek and you're going to find God says to you knock and the door will be open God says to you I'm the God of the impossible I want to do things for you that scripture in Luke 11 also says that God is a good father that if you were to asking for something say you to asking for a loaf of bread, he would not give you a snake instead. Why? Because he's a good, good God, like you would with your natural children. If they ask you for something, you try and give them the thing that they're asking you for because you want to do something good as a parent. And if we have that desire, how much more so does God have that desire? So we've established that God is good, that God is a good God, that God wants to answer your prayers, that God wants to be there for you, that God God wants you to know that he's your provider, that God wants you to know that he has things for you. And if that is established, then this morning I am posing the question, maybe sometimes the delay is not in heaven, but the delay is here on earth. You know, I've preached messages before about how with God, there can sometimes be a long time until things come to fruition. And I believe that. I believe there are seasons in our life where it takes a while for things to come to fruition, where breakthroughs take longer than maybe we want them to take. But this week, as I was praying for us as a church, I felt God say to me, that is true. But also what is true is that I've already sent a lot of answers. I'm just waiting for the church to collect them. And so this morning, I want to pose a thought to you that maybe the thing that you're praying for is already here. And maybe the thing that you're looking for has already arrived. And maybe the situation that you need help in has already had help sent to it. Maybe, just maybe, this morning, you need to awaken inside of yourself, your spiritual eyes, and heighten your hearing to understand that the answer is already here. I was in the airport just recently. I seem to spend a lot of time in airports. And I was there recently and Hope wanted to get some McDonald's before we got on the plane. And so like a good mother, I said, okay. And so we swung by McDonald's and it was busy and there were a lot of people there. And as we put our order in, we were given a ticket and on the ticket was a number. And then we were supposed to wait until our number was called. And when your number was called, it meant that your order was going to be left. 
left on the counter of this busy McDonald's in Chicago airport, which is a busy airport, and you're responsible for, for going and collecting the number when it's called. And, and I could see there were lots of people and lots of food that was out on the counter that had yet to be collected. And as it sat there, it was going cold, and I'm pretty sure it wouldn't taste very nice by the time they got to it. But the noise and the environment meant that they didn't quite know that their order, or they'd forgotten what their number was, and screwed their receipt up and thrown it in the bin and now they were panicking, am I 32 or am I 37? Is that my order or is it somebody else's? And I was reminded of that this morning because I do believe that, that in God, that's oftentimes we put an order in. We put an order into God of the things we need or the breakthrough we seek or the provision that we ask God for. We put an order in and I think we forget we've put an order in. And I wonder sometimes whether our answer is on the counter and God's going, number 35, number 35, number 35, your your double cheeseburger and fries is here on the counter waiting for you to collect it. And we have to understand about God that in God there are some things you have to go and collect. You have to go get it. God's done it. He's got it for you. The breakthrough's there. You have to hear the number being called and you have to go and collect it. And today is collection day. Some of you need to collect the order of the answer that God has for your life. You've not seen it. You've not perceived it. But prayerfully, by the end of today, you will. You know, God, when you read the word of God, you read the Bible, was always sending answers to people, but not everybody realized that he'd sent the answer. And therefore, not everybody embraced the answer. And therefore, many people still thought they had a problem. You read the Bible and people prayed for deliverance in the day of Moses. And so God sent them an answer called Moses to deliver them from Pharaoh. They get delivered, which you would think they would be happy about. And he says to them, I'm going to take you to a promised land, which is the answer they have been praying for. But they never get into their answer because of their whining and their moaning. They get the eyes off the prize of the answer and end up doing circles around the problem. God sent them an answer, but they didn't allow the answer fully into their life. They didn't embrace fully what God had said. I have done this for you. I will do this for you, but you need to access the answer. He sent Jesus. Not everybody saw Jesus as the answer, though they'd prayed. The religious people had prayed that there would be a change. The religious people had prayed that there would be a deliverer. The religious people had prayed that there would be a way forward for mankind. And so God sends an answer, but not everybody went to collect the answer because not everybody thought it was the right answer. Sometimes God's answers might not look like you think they should look, but they are God's answers. And today, maybe some of you have been sat next to the answer. Maybe the answer is three rows behind you. Maybe the answer is in an action that you know you're supposed to do, but you keep putting it off because you can't quite see how that's going to equal that. But today, I am praying that the answer will begin to knock louder on the door of your life, so loud that eventually you'll stop ignoring it and you'll do something about it. You know, we have a door in our household, a front door in our house. And anyone that's ever been to our house will know that our door is pretty annoying. Our door was built, the house was built, they put this door on the front of our house that has no handle on the outside. I don't know if you have the same kind of door, but I guess it's a security thing. There's actually no door handle on the outside of our door. Therefore, the only way you can get into our house is if you're a key holder, you can turn a little key and that lets you in. But there's no other way, there's nothing to grasp on 
onto. There's no handle anywhere. And so once the door is shut, you are kept out of our house. You cannot come in unless I come to the door. Now, our door is down on a bottom floor and we normally are doing life quite noisily about one flight of stairs up behind another door in like our kitchen living area where we set tend to hang out most of the time. We have a dog, we have two children that always come with friends and so we have a house full of noise. I'm fairly noisy, Steve's very noisy. We have a drum kit in our house. We have a lot of noise going on and so there often is times when we will actually invite people over to our house. We will say we would love you to come to our house and then the poor people will actually think we meant it. They will come to our house on a cold, windy, rainy, gale force day. And then for the next 10 minutes, we'll proceed to stand on the front doorstep of our house, knocking, praying to God that someone will hear that they have arrived because they have no way of getting in our front door. My father, his biggest complaint every time he comes is, will you get another front door? Every single time without fail, I know he is going to complain about our door. The kids joke, Papa's coming, everybody listen for the door. Otherwise he's going to be cross that we didn't let him in. They know he's getting to that age, grumpy old man. He just is, you know, it's just a complaint that he has. And he keeps looking at me like, how come you can afford a carpet if you can't afford a decent door? What's wrong with you people? Get a door with a handle on. So rude, we can't even let ourselves in your house. You know, I just let him go on. I'm like, dad, one day I will get a door with a handle just for you. But right now, it's not a priority. Well, I've been stood there for five minutes. The dog knew I was there. He's barking at the door. Where were you? I'm like, we get texts on our phone from our friends that are coming for dinner saying, we are on your front door. Please let us in. I get texts from my sisters with babies in in chairs on the front door saying, we are freezing. Are you home? You said to come at five o'clock. It's five o'clock. Where are you? Like, "Uh oh, we forgot. There's somebody at the door. Reminds me of a song. Used to be on a TV, kids TV program. What was that? There's somebody at the door. There's somebody at the door. What? Pink Wimble. No, it wasn't. I never watched a show called Pink Wimble. Anyway, that distracted me just then. Somebody at the door. I'm going to Google it after church. Anyway, our front door. Our front door is like so much of our lives. So many times in our life, we ask God, we pray to God, but we have to understand that God gives us the power to open the door. God wants you to open the door to allow into your life some of the things that you're saying currently, God, I need an answer for. God has put the handle on the inside of your heart and of mine to open the door to some things that he says, it's here, you can have it, but you're going to have to, from the inside of your life, open the door to the relationship, open the door to the forgiveness Open the door to the peace you keep praying for. I have sent you peace. I grant you peace. I give you peace. Why do you keep opening the door to worry? Why do you keep opening the door to fear? Why do you keep opening the door to negativity? Open my door. Open the door and let peace in. Let it flow in. Let it change your conversation. Let it enter your heart. Let it be in your mind. Let it be what you discuss around the table. You have the power to open the door. You have the power to open the door. And today, some of you need to open the door. You need to stop complaining. You need to stop ignoring. You need to hear the knock. 
that God has for you to open the door to. It's amazing to me how I can meet people that pray for all kinds of things. You know, people that pray. You know, I've met people that say, I'm praying that God would send me to a great church. And so they come and they become part of our church. Praying that God would give me a kids program where my church will flourish. And they put their kids in and they get saved and they start to flourish. I'm praying that God would give me a sense of peace and understanding and wisdom. And they come and they say, you know, I was in this conversation. feel I've got this. And you're like, yes, you have got in the vicinity of all the things that you're praying for. Well, we're just not sure whether we're going to plant here yet. Well, we're just not sure we want to make that serious commitment yet. And I'm like... Open the door. Make the decision that lets the decision land in your life. God has brought you thus far. God has directed your path. God has got you here. Now you have to open the door and say, I get it. I see it. I'm in. I'm committed. I'm going to be part of this now that I know God has called me to. We can pray for relationships. Oh, well, I've met this person and I, I feel this, you know, I feel like it might be good. And, you know, and, and, and I might, I might, you know, hang out with her, you guys. I might hang out with her, you know, I might, you know, I think she's the one and uh, 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 yes, well, you have to do something called ask them out. Open the door. (laughs) While you're praying, she's like, hello, hello, I'm here in front of you. You like me? I like you. Oh Lord, I'm just praying. Is it the one? Open the flipping door. (laughs) Ask her on a date. Go out. helping some of you out this morning in this section of the room. I feel it. All the old married people always sit this side. That's why they look so happy and joyful and in love. In love. Somebody kiss a wife or something over this side. Thank you. Thank you. Just restore hope that the marriages this side of the room are good and the young people are watching this side of the room because that's where you all sit, you old married people. And the young people are sat here thinking... Do I want to look like that? Do I want to open the door? Do I? Do I want to make that decision or not? So, you know, just saying, lift the level, people, lift the level. All right, we're going to turn to a story in the Bible where this happened. It actually did happen. Somebody actually did not open a physical door that was the door that needed to open for their answer to come in the room. It actually did happen. This stuff happens in the Bible to give us all hope to learn from. And the story is in Acts 12, and I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. And here is the story of Peter, who is being caught, who's been put in prison. Things are bad for Christians. Things are bad for the apostles, for the for the disciples. Things are bad. In fact, there's already been a death of one of the disciples and now people are in fear and they're, and they're, and they're tremendously worried about what's going to happen. And now they know Peter has been captured. And so they begin to see this problem occurring and they begin to have this process happen. And I'm going to show you now how this process often happens in our life. So there's a problem, okay? It always starts with a problem. We begin to pray over a problem that we believe we need an answer for. And so they've got Peter, they've thrown him in jail. Verse five, it says, all that time that Peter was under heavy guard in the jailhouse, the church prayed for him most strenuously. Say most strenuously. If you're going to pray, you might as well pray most strenuously. And that's for free today. Some of your prayers are pathetic. 
Oh, Lord, if you feel like it today and it's a good day in heaven and all the winds are blowing in the right direction and if you're not too busy with the crisis in China and the thing that's going over there, oh, Lord, if you could do something for little old me, I know it's just me and I know I'm a bit of a bother. No, if you're going to pray for something, pray, oh, God, I am your chosen child, the one that you love so highly, the one that you knit together in my mother's womb, the one who I know you love. I am the apple of your eye. I know I bring joy to your life. Hey, me, it's this kid here speaking up today. God, I just need a minute of your time. There's some things I want to talk to you about. Some things I want to speak to you about in my world that I need answers in. Hey God, I need another five minutes. Is that okay with you? Because it's okay with me. And I'm praying Lord, most strenuously that you would do this in our world, that you would do this with our children, that you would do this in our city, that you would do this in our life. Tell you, we need to learn to pray properly. We need to learn to pray properly. Oh God, if you could... Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and you will be answered. Not, oh God, if you could. Oh God, I know you can. Oh God, I know you will. Oh God, I know you love me. Oh no, God, I know you for me. Oh God, you brought me thus far. Oh God. Let's pray like we mean it, people. Let's, let's use prayer like we mean it. Every time there is something in your world you're unsure about, the best thing you could do is close your mouth to people and open it to God tell you I've discovered a passion for prayer in this last two years like never before I love praying I love praying I can say all that I need to say to God I can empty my heart out and I can talk to God in a way I can't talk to anybody else you last night I could not sleep I could not sleep I have two friends across the water the other part of the world both are seriously battling cancer and and I was on the email because of the time difference to uh, to both of them some you know Darlene Check that's been battling cancer and another friend of mine Debbie Lindell that pastors a big church in James River that has just had a double mastectomy going through a lot of treatment and surgery and just uh, it was up it was midnight for me but for them they were awake and I sent them Matt's song uh, on a link both of them and was talking on email and you know just just you're just aware I can't do anything other than pray all I can do for you right now is pray, but I, I tell you, it's better than me getting on a plane and coming and making you a cup of tea. Prayer covers the distance. Prayer does stuff that I cannot do. Prayer mobilizes. There's no point me laying in bed going, oh Lord, I pray for my friends. Oh God, I pray right now for my friends that right now need a breakthrough and a miracle in healing in their body. I pray that you would touch them right now in the places where they need healing. I pray that you would align their cells. I pray that their blood would come right. I pray that it would be a miraculous turnaround. That's how you pray. That's how you go to God and pray. Need to learn how to pray over your kids and pray over your marriage. You don't like your marriage? Pray. Oh God, my marriage is crummy. I don't like it right now. I don't like her. She don't like me. But we made a vow and we're going to work this out. And God, I pray for grace because I need it right now because he's driving me crazy. And I pray for peace because we've not had any for three weeks. And I pray you would do something in his heart and do something in my heart. And I pray you would bring something out of this that is victorious. That is, I mean, hello. Do you even speak like that? My message is not on prayer. Maybe it should be. Do you even speak like that to God? Because you should. I like that little line in there that they prayed strenuously. It's like, oh, that's good praying. That means that you work a sweat up when you pray. That you leave that prayer thinking, I just did business with God. My answer is on its way. I asked and he's going to receive. I'm going to receive. I I knocked and it's going to be open to me. I I I went and I did business with God. I am praying. All that time that Peter was under heavy guard in the jailhouse, the church prayed for him most strenuously. Now, here's what you need to know about prayer. 
And here's what you need to understand and not doubt and not question and not think second thoughts about every single time you pray, every single time you pray and you ask in God's name for something in alignment with what God's word is for your life. Every time you pray, that kind of prayer, a process happens. Every single time. When you pray, it is not void. When you pray, you trigger something that begins a process that you may never know about, you may never see, you may never understand what's going on out there, but I tell you, it's a process. We have been praying as a leadership. Steve mentioned our financial pressures at the moment. We've been praying as a leadership and we just know God somehow is going to get the money to us because we need to fix a boiler and we need to fix a soundboard and we need to make sure staff salaries are covered and we need to have provision because we just had Easter and hired halls and all the expense that went with that. We've got Cherish and all the expense that goes with that. We've got a lot on church, but God is not short, but we have to pray and then we have to trust God to somewhere, somehow start a process and he does. He's starts a process over here in someone's heart that's going to be an answer. He starts a process over here of a provision that's going to land at some point. And, and we have to let God do his bit and we do ours. Prayer always starts a process. Always. So if you're not sure what to do, pray because you trigger a process. And so here's the process. They start to pray. Where's my Peter? Who's my Peter this morning? Who's my, thank you. Awesome. Now, I need you to come over here first because you're my Peter. So, so here's what's happening. So you can physically see it. Here's the church praying, okay, strenuously. Here's them praying. Then the time came. So here's Peter. He's already got cuffs on. He's in prison. He's been held. He's going to be executed. That's all planned. But God can override any plan. Then the time came for Herod to bring out Peter for the kill. That night, even though he was shackled to two soldiers, here's the process that begins. One on either side. Peter slept like a baby. And there were guards at the door keeping their eyes on the place and Herod was taking no chances. Suddenly, here's the process, which the church can't see, by the way. Okay, this is what you have to understand about how God works. They don't know this is happening. They're just praying. So suddenly over somewhere else, there was an angel at his side and the light flooding the room. The angel shook Peter. Okay, so shook Peter. So now Peter has no clue that they're praying over there, but now the process is kicking in. So the angels shake Peter. I love how the Bible gives us all this information. Got him up like wakey, wakey. Hurry, hurry up, get, hurry up. The handcuffs fell off him. Here's the process, it's all going on. The angel said, now you get dressed. So now we wait for Peter, he gets dressed. Now the angel says to him, and, and put your shoes on. I love that. How the angel's careful about his feet, didn't want his feet to be damaged. Put your shoes on and and, and put your shoes on. Then Peter did it. And then grab your coat because it's cold outside. So the angel's taking care of getting a cold. Grab your coat, put your coat on. So he puts his coat on. And then it says, and then the, uh, grab your coat, let's get out of here. So Peter then followed him, but didn't believe it was really an angel. He thought he was dreaming. And he went past the first guard, then past the second guard. They came to the iron gate that led into the city. It swung open before them on its own. And they were out on the street, free as the breeze. At the first intersection, the angel left him going his own way. Okay, so you pray. Every time you pray, you begin a process. Now, you may never see the process. You may have no idea what that process looks like. So we pray, God, we need financial breakthrough. We have no idea that God's speaking to this person over here about doing this, about getting this ready, about getting... We have no idea. We're just doing our bit that we do. We're praying and God is going to answer. He's going to answer. He's going to answer. He might not do it in front of your eyes. Might not happen the way you think, but the process has begun. And so all this stuff is going on over here. All this stuff. 
Some of you have been the answer to someone else's prayer and the process of you being here today in this room is unbelievable. You're unbelievable how you've ended up here, how you've ended up married to the person you've married, how you've ended up free of what you're free of, how you've ended up in the position you're in. A big process happened because someone was praying and a process began. So the process begins, he gets dressed, he gets his coat, gets out of jail, gets his chains fallen off, all of that God has done. And then God goes, now you're on your own, buddy. You know the way from here to the house where you need to go. So the angel leaves him. He comes out of his daydream and he's like, whoa, what just happened? Check it out. I'm free or whatever he said to himself. Something like that, that Peter said. And then he comes to his senses and it says he realized it was no dream. I can't believe it. This really happened. The master sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's vicious little production and the spectacle the Jewish mob was looking forward to. Hooray. Awesome. He realizes, comes to, still shaking his head. Shake your head. And in the drama, Thank you. Amazed. Be amazed. Wow. Awesome. He went to Mary's house. Okay. So now you're at Mary's house. Right. This is what I need you to see. You prayed. You started a process. God is now providing an answer. Here's the provision. This is what you prayed for. Okay. But this bit, you're on your own. (laughs) This is where we get stuck. I don't think God's answered my prayer really. I don't think that the answer's in this room, really. I don't think God heard me, really. I I wonder if you should listen to what you might hear because he gets to the door at Mary's house and he's there and he's amazed he's there. And it says this, the house was packed with praying friends. That's good. When he knocked on the door. Now you can start. Thank you. A bit louder if you want. Just keep going. Just keep going. So he's knocking on the door. So he comes to the house and he's knocking on the door. The house is packed with praying friends. He knocked on the door to the courtyard. A young woman named Rhoda came to see who it was. Who? The door. There's somebody at the door. There's somebody at the door. Who? There's somebody at the door. Check it out. This is what we do. This is what we do. So she's excited. The door. There's somebody at the door. Oh, maybe it's a miracle. Maybe God's answering. So Rhoda's there. She sees that she recognizes because of his gruff cough. Behind the door, cough behind the door, Peter. Oh, that must be Peter. That must be Peter. She recognized his voice. Listen to this. She recognized his voice. Peter's voice. I think it's Peter behind the door. Oh, I'm so excited. She was so excited. She was so eager to go tell everyone that Peter was there that she ran off and forgot about him. (laughs) Meanwhile, your answer is at the door. Your answer is at the door. God sent a provision to your world, but it's knocking at your door. It's knocking at your door. She forgot to open the door. Hello. And left the answer standing in the street. God must be like, for crying out loud, do you know why I had to do to get him to your flipping front door? And you can't even open the blooming thing. I had to knock off chains, knock out guards, get him dressed, get his shoes on, get him out the street, open big metal door. He's knocking at the blooming door. Surely you can find the handle and do this bit by yourself, church. Hello? Knocking at the door. You keep knocking, Peter. Just keep knocking. Because this is what happened. This is what happened. This is exactly what happened. You need to see how stupid it is. That, oh, God, send Peter. Yeah, he's at the door. Oh, God, release Peter. Yeah, he's at the door. Oh, God, help Peter. Yeah, he's at the door. What are some of the reasons why we don't answer the door? Why don't we let in the answer to our prayers? Here's some of the reasons. Keep knocking. I'm sorry. You're going to have a sore hand by the end of this message. But, but so did Peter. Okay, so 
Here's some of the reasons why we don't answer the door. Number one, we get distracted. She was distracted. Oh, I'm excited. I think God's going to answer my prayer. Oh, I'm in abundant life. In life church. I said abundant. I'm in life church. Um, it's because I'm excited. I'm in life church. And oh, and I think God sent me here to be, live out my destiny. And oh, I came on the academy and God's connected me. And I think he sent me here for a reason. And oh gosh, I can't believe it. And oh, I met that guy and we got married. And I think he's put us together for great purposes. And oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, okay. We get it. You're excited. But in your excitement, you have to do something about where God brought you to. You have to do something about why God has positioned you in the place that's positioned to you. You have to do something about opening the door to the very thing that you've said, God, this is what I want. Oh God, I know that you said you'll forgive me and I'm so excited about the Easter message and the forgiveness and the new life that I could have. Oh God, and so the appeal comes. So exciting. It's such an exciting message just to think that you could be free of all this stuff. And then we put our hands in the pocket. Well, there's a knock at the door. Hello. Send you an answer. You have to accept it. Let it in. Oh God, if I could just be free of this condemnation. Yes, you can. You can come into me and there'll be no condemnation. But you have to let me in. You have to let the peace in. You have to let the forgiveness in. Knocking at the door. She forgot. She got excited. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited that we're going to the arena. I'm so excited that we're doing Cherish. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Have you booked in? Oh, not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Why not yet? Well, you know, I'm not ready yet. Why are you not ready yet? You prayed that God would use us in a bigger way. We're going in an arena, putting God's name across the map. And you're not ready yet? Open the flipping door. Actually do it. Do the action that says I'm going to be there because I guarantee you if you don't, you won't. Oh, I had this great, I prayed that God would give me, you know, I'd be free of this, you know, burden of this person in my world or this business. I prayed for freedom and God gives you the opportunity to be free. Oh, I'm not sure if I should take it or not. Yeah, Peter's arms are getting sore. Knocks are getting less because God's like, open the window. She forgot. We forget. We get distracted. There was a noisy prayer meeting. We get distracted. We're so consumed with the need. We get distracted. We're so aware of what we don't have. We get distracted. There's the chaos of the noise of the, of the situation. Often we don't answer the door because we don't hear it because everything else is louder. In our house, everybody's louder. The kids are louder. The dog's louder. Drowning out the answer that is at the door. But if you just come away from the noise to the peace, you'd hear it. I'll get to you in a minute, sorry. Just keep going. We get distracted. Number two, check what happens next. I have five minutes. Check what happens next, number two. Left him standing on the street. She runs inside and it says this, they wouldn't believe her. They wouldn't believe her. And they dismissed her. And they dismissed her report that the answer was here. And some of you are telling your friends about what you believe God sent to your life as an answer and they're dismissing you. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's God's timing. I don't think that's God's plan for your life. I'm not sure that's the right decision. They're dismissing you. Why? Because they haven't been and heard what you've heard. They weren't at the door and they didn't hear Peter's voice like you did. And you are letting everybody else dismiss you out of your destiny. 
And so we don't answer the door. Oh no, don't commit. Don't sign up for that. Don't, don't start being a tither. I mean, that's just all that, you know, nonsense that they talk about church. You know, and, and meanwhile, while they're dismissing you, so you can be more greedy, while they're dismissing you, they're robbing you of your inheritance, of your blessing, and your seed being blessed. Oh, you know, don't get, don't get too involved. You know, stay back, because, you know, we don't really do that church. Whatever it is, people will dismiss you from the answer at your door. Oh, you just leave it for another three years. Think about it for another two years. You know, just take your time. And whilst you're taking your time, the enemy is ripping you off while your answer is at the door. Open the door. Answer the door. Dismissed. Dismissed. She was dismissed. Dismissing her. Dismissing her report. They said, you're crazy. But she stuck to her story, insisting. And they still wouldn't believe her. And they said, ah, no, it's not Peter. It must be his angel. And all this time, poor Peter was standing out in the street, knocking away. Doubt. Doubt. People begin to sow doubts. Are you sure you heard God? Are you sure that's the right decision? Are you sure that's the right call? And now you're questioning what you weren't questioning before. But I know that God told me to. And so we don't answer the door because now doubt has entered in. I tell you, if we don't listen, if we become distracted, if we let people dismiss us, and if we start doubting, we will not open the door to the opportunities that God has for our lives or in this city. All across this city, I believe that God is giving us answers. But we have to go and open the door. We have to walk in. We prayed. God started a process. God's now go get it. Go get the neighborhood. Go get Buttershaw. Go get Ollerton. You don't need to wonder whether I've done anything to release it to you or not. I have. You need to now go open the door. Go up there. Open your mouth. Bring the gospel. I've already given it to you. Go and answer the door. And the knocks. Poor Peter. I mean, he's just been in prison. He's just been handcuffed. He's in fear for execution. He's probably now in fear for somebody might realize he's missing and come after him. Meanwhile, the church. And eventually, finally, somebody said, maybe we should open the door. Maybe we should answer the door. Sorry. Pray for these knuckles, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Maybe, maybe, we should, maybe we should answer the door. And in one move, the thing they thought wasn't going to happen entered their world. In one move, the thing they'd been strenuously praying about is now a reality in their life. In one move, but the move was not on the outside. The move was on the inside. The move was on the inside. You can sit down, Peter. Well done. You did a great job. Band. I'm going to ask the band to come and join me so that people have hope that I'm going to finish this morning. But seriously, I, I, I felt when I was praying this weekend and just getting ready to prepare this message, I don't know what this looks like for you. I, I began to think in my life. I began to trace some of the things currently right now that happen in my life. Uh, even, even, I know this sounds stupid. This is going to sound really stupid and not very spiritual, but I want to just even illustrate even how God cares about the little things. You know, for years, I've had crooked teeth. You might not have noticed it, but the more I do media stuff and TV, it's very visible. And I'd tell anybody, it's no big deal. It's like, hello, it's not a big deal. Just a little thing, just a little thing that bothered me a little bit. But it was no big deal. It's like I can live with it. It's no big deal. 
But just one of those things where you go, oh God, just so annoying. Just that little tooth there just seems, and the dentist said to me, oh, your teeth are moving and they're getting more, they, this is getting more and more prominent. It will eventually be very prominent, the dentist said. And so I said, well, can you fix it? And the dentist over here said, no, it costs thousands and thousands of pounds to get it fixed. And you probably need to go to London to a cosmetic sense, uh, surgery down there. And I'm not sure. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. No, no big deal. I'll just become more goofy as I get older. It's fine. My husband loves me anyway. I didn't think anything more of it. I sat at dinner in Louisiana. And I don't know how the conversation got to teeth. But it did. And over dinner, I said, I know. I said, that tooth there's moving. So the lady across the table that I wasn't even talking to lifts up her head and she goes, do you want it fixing? I know it's a silly thing, but this, I'm trying to show you God cares about everything, even your teeth. She said, do you want it fixing? And pride, pride was going to say, oh, no, it's no big deal. Doesn't matter. And then, you know, yeah, the, you know, there's bigger issues in the world. Would have sounded very spiritual. But I felt a knock. I felt like she was saying, do you want it fixing? And so I said, yes, I do. She said, what time do you leave tomorrow? I said, uh, about 10.30. She said, 7.30, come to my husband's surgery. He's a dentist. He'll open it up for you. Just come and see him. I go see him 7.30 in the morning. He said, I can fix these in about six months' time. He said, I'll fit them tomorrow. He said, I'll fit them if you can get to me. He said, I'll fit them. He said, I know I'm a long way from Bradford, Louisiana. And I said, wow. I said, 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 uh," then I'm thinking my husband's voice in the back of my head. Ka-ching, ka-ching, America, dentist, very expensive. So I was a good girl. And I said, "Oh, oh, oh, that's awesome that you could fix them. I said, but, you know, do you do payment plans? You know, practically, how does that work? Because I know this is an expensive job. And he said to me, he said, you, he said, no, no, no. He said, you won't pay for a thing. He said, let me tell you something. Listen, listen to this. He said, three and a half years ago, he said, my wife's marriage and my marriage was on the rocks. She was going to leave me. We were miserable. It was not going anywhere. And he said, we weren't really attending any church, but she heard of a conference in Louisiana and she decided just to drift in for one night at the back of the room. And she said, she went to that conference and you were preaching. And he said, I don't know what you said, but he said, all I can tell you is my wife came home different. And she said, babe, our marriage is going to work. We're going to figure this out. She bought all your teachings. He said, we lived off them. He said, it's changed our family. It's changed our life. We're the happiest we've ever been. He goes, you know how I've prayed to God that I could one day repay you? He says, your mouth saved our marriage. Now my dentistry skill will save your teeth. His wife is coming to Cherish. He's flying her over for Cherish. And I tell you that silly story. Because if I could stand up here and tell you the amount of times when I have realized there's an answer at the door, I just have to let it in. And my letting in the answer was an answer to them too. And this week, listen for the knocking. Listen for the knocking. You know, it says in Romans 5 in the message, it says this, it says, we throw open our doors to God and discover at the very same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. And we find ourselves then standing where we always hope we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting praise to God. 
We throw open our door to the answers God wants. Let forgiveness in. Just let it in. Let forgiveness in. You're going to feel free. You're going to feel light. You're going to feel like you've dropped something that you've been carrying for too long. Let it in. And when you let it in, you'll find God's already thrown His door open to you. And you'll stand in a wide open, spacious life where you stand tall and you praise God. You say, why didn't I do this earlier? Let the relationship in. Let the commitment in. Say yes. Sign up. Let the giving kick in. I don't know what it is. Let the partnership in. Open the door. God's calling your number. He heard your prayer. He started a process. He sent provision. But now you've got to answer the door. You've got to break the cycle. You've got to answer the door. Where is the knock? Where is the knock in your life? Where is the knock? Hey, that's all we have time for now. But I hope you enjoyed that message with Charlotte. And whatever you're going through in life, I know that God has an answer. If you're going through difficulty or challenge, find Jesus Christ. Reach out to Him. He's just a prayer away. And how you do that is you just ask Him in your own way, with your own words, and you ask Him to be Lord of your life. And if you're able to say that and pray that, the Bible teaches, of course, that Jesus will come inside your heart and forgive your past and your mistakes and give you a whole, fresh, brand new future. So as you move forward, I hope you have an awesome week. And join me at this this same time next week. Download this on iTunes and watch it because we've got a great word in our heart for you in this next seven days.